Harley-Davidson FX-GTS Sport Glide. I'll keep an eye on that icon. Hey, what's up guys? Matt here. Uh, we're happy to announce we're going to be starting a podcast. We've gotten a lot of people's you know, comments over the years saying that, hey, you guys should start a podcast. So finally doing it. We bought all the equipment, rolled it out, and we're kind of just going with it at this point. So something that I think is really cool that is going to be added to this podcast is Keith Hurt here. So Keith Hurt has been the service department manager here at Laidlaw's Harley-Davidson for 15 years, and he's had you know, even a lot of years of experience before he came here to, to Laidlaw's Harley-Davidson. So he's going to be adding a really cool dynamic of service, hands-on experience that, you know, he's gathered from, like I said, uh, half a lifetime in the industry and in the business. Yeah, and this, this podcast obviously coming to you live from Laidlaw's Harley-Davidson here in the dealership. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of set up a studio here. So yeah, a, a lot of you guys know me from my YouTube channel and we're going to be posting this podcast first to the YouTube channel, but the podcast will be available to all your typical channels that you find podcasts like Apple Podcasts and uh, you know Spotify. And, and any channel you usually typically listen to podcasts, this will be posted there eventually. I'm still kind of working on that. We're still kind of working on the name as well. So right now our, our working title we have is SoCal Moto Experience, and we want to get your guys' feedback on that as well. Let us know like what your thoughts are, if you have any suggestions on you know the name you know we're, we're, we're all ears and you know leave in the comments section below you know what you think of the title socal moto experience because yeah like i said it's kind of a working title but yeah just to introduce you know a lot of you guys know me uh, from my youtube channel and whatnot but just introduce keith here for a second so yeah keith obviously a personal friend and co-worker of mine for many years now you know growing up here in the in the dealership uh keith's been here for a long time and He's always kind of been my go-to guy that I went to if I had any questions about, you know, the technical side of motorcycles or, you know, fitment issues, performance issues, you know, everything you can think of. He's kind of been my go-to guy. So really cool to, to have Keith here and to kind of get him involved in the media content creation. I've tried to always get him involved in the YouTube videos before, but, you know, I wanted something, you know, I wanted him to be a, a major part and, and co-host in this podcast because we're going to give you more of a technical side of the Harley Davidson world that I feel like, which in the past I feel like was a piece that was missing uh, from my YouTube videos. So, yeah, happy to have Keith. I'll let him introduce himself. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the introduction. Um, I'm happy to be here and be part of this. And we've been talking about this for I don't know, a better part of six months or so, and trying to get it going and uh, trying to get some ideas together and get get all of our equipment together. We didn't want to do anything too cheesy, so we wanted to make sure we had the right stuff. But um, yeah, here we are, and um, yeah, we're gonna excited about talking about uh, the motorcycle industry, especially here in you know Southern California, uh, kind of where a lot of stuff in innovates from or starts from, and um, share our experiences. And you know, I, hopefully, I can you know lend my technical expertise that I've formed over the last twenty years of doing this, and um, spread spread the word and educate and and uh, just make riding that we all love a little bit better for everybody. So yeah, I'm excited excited to be here and part of this this whole project with you. So we thought we'd take a minute just to kind of introduce ourselves a little bit and give you a little bit of background about uh, the two of us, you guys, and give you a little bit of a description on what we plan on doing with the podcast in coming episodes. So a lot of you guys know me uh, from my YouTube channel, like I mentioned. Uh, so Late Lost Harley Davidson was started by my grandfather back in 1958, and uh, we're the, the longest running dealership in Southern California. 
Uh, and my, my father, Jerry, and then my uncle, Brent Laidlaw, have both been, you know, second generation Laidlaws and active owners and operators here. So I'm third generation Laidlaws, uh, Harley Davidson, um, to work here. And you know, a lot of people have the misconception that I'm, I'm one of the owners of the dealership, which is not true. Um, uh, I have a job here uh, that I'm grateful for. And yeah, which if I can interrupt Matt for a minute, um, I like to tell this story about when I met Matt when I first came to work here in like 2005. Matt was a, a shipping and receiving guy, a bike washing guy, um, parts getting guy, and uh, cutting the weeds when he when he was asked to out and by the freeway. And him and his cousins, I remember him like our first one of my first memories is. Him and his cousins and out there in the hot summer sun cutting the weeds up against the 10 freeway with the cars flying by and they got the weed whackers out and uh, they're all dusty and dirty. And I'm like, wow, man, that's uh, that's Matt. That's that's Bob's grandson out there getting getting dirty with the rest of us. So I, that was a, kind of my first uh, experience with Matt, which which uh, carried a lot of weight with me. So, yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, my, my dad, uh, yeah, growing up, uh, he would always pull me out of bed, you know, when I was in high school or middle school, whatever. And, you know, he, he, I don't know, he didn't like the sight of me, uh, just, you know, hanging out or whatever <laughs> on Saturdays. And so he'd always bring me down and have me do the, the odds and ends jobs, you know, running parts, picking up dealer trades or, you know, doing the, the yard work and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, at the time I hated it, but now that looking back, I, I was grateful for, you know, the opportunity to turn an extra couple bucks, but also to get, exposure to the Harley Davidson world from a, year, a very young age. And so, yeah, it was cool to kind of see all the parts come in and un, unbox all the parts and count them for inventory. And I, I really got to know like the different families of the motorcycles and, and count the parts. And, you know, then I would do things like, you know, rentals and then insurance. And, you know, for a long time there, uh, every time someone bought a bike, I would do the full walk around on the bike. So I would teach people about how their bike operated, the alarm, uh, had a, the, the little things like tending your battery and operation of the radio and things like that. And so, you know, sometimes people comment and say like, well, you're pretty thorough on, you know, when you do a walk around on a new bike, when I do like my reviews and well, that's where it came from. It's because that's all I did for about a year and a half was go all the way around the bike with everybody that bought a, a motorcycle out of our dealership. That's so, an important detail, Matt. I mean, that's like a, that's a big deal to have your bike, you know, when you're getting your bike delivered and you're a customer, whether you're a new rider or an old rider, you know, if you're buying a if it's your first bike, it's really important. If it's your second bike, you know, there's always updates and stuff like that. And the fact that you're up on that stuff and able to talk to these people and like kind of give them the best, you know, experience that they can have that, that goes a long way with, with people and not just, you know, not just here, but like, that's a very important transaction or moment for a new bike customer, you know, to get a proper walk around is a very, very important moment. So that's good. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think, too, that there's kind of this bad stigma. I, I'm pretty active on, like, uh, chat rooms and forums for Harley-Davidson. I just look at a lot of the comments that people have a negative about Harley or dealerships, and I try to do my best to not be that dealer. And one of the big things is, you know, people always comment that, you know, the people at the dealership don't know this or don't know that or I knew more than them. And I never want to be that guy. I want to be the professional. And I feel like that's know who we have at our dealership as well you know guys like Keith have been doing it forever that you know has years and years of experience doing it um and so yeah and, and that's kind of who we we hire too you know I all my sales guys if you don't come in here riding a Harley Davidson well you're not going to get the job um just because I believe in someone being passionate and it being a, a personal uh, hobby or passion before it's a job for them I feel like that's kind of like uh, the foundation for being a good uh motorcycle or Harley Davidson professional as well um, 
and I think Keith too, like I, I see the guys that he hires, he usually, you know, cherry picks the guys that have had, you know, the best, you know, experience or the most experience too, like in the industry. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of my background, you know, after, after graduating, uh, from school, I started working here full time, uh, in, in different sales capacities. So, you know, a lot of my experience has been, you know, with the bikes from a standpoint of like, what model is what, what are they equipped from with, I should say, and, you know, just all the, the different you know, models and features on those models for the past couple of decades and less of, you know, the service side. And, and so, you know, a lot of the times when I answer technical questions or do technical videos, I, I consult, you know, Keith over here who, you know, talks me through a lot of this stuff. Um, and so I sound smart on camera, but, you know, a lot of that technical stuff actually <laughs> comes from Keith. But uh, so, you know, obviously I'm, I'm happy to have him here now. And, you know, a couple of things, uh, remember about Keith, I remember Keith for the longest time, uh, you know, had had a V rod um, that I see him ripping in here on, and you know it's funny because a lot of guys you know think of the V rod as kind of the the black sheep within the Harley Davidson lineup, but you know maybe Keith you can talk a little bit about your your background and your bikes and stuff. Yeah, the V rod that's that's a bike I had when I came here, and then I haven't had it for quite a few years. But everyone come continually says, "Hey, you're the V rod expert," and I'm like, <laughs> "Not really, but yeah, what you got, man? Shoot." But um, yeah, I had V rod had. My story I like to tell my how I got into this was my uh, my first bike I bought um, when I was getting out of the military. Um, I had some extra money at the time and um, had the opportunity to buy a motorcycle through overseas military sales and um, got a good deal and paid it almost completely in, in cash. And uh, so I didn't have a payment, which was nice. Um, when I finally got out of the military, um, I decided that I want to make this a career. And, you know, one story that I don't share a lot of, but um, it's pretty funny, so I'll, I'll throw it out there. But um, and I last time I think I told this it was we had a consultant come in and he asked what was your most embarrassing you know moment share something embarrassing about you and so my first motorcycle taking delivery of it the dealership um, and I never had a street bike before ridden dirt bikes but I was so excited bought a helmet there put the helmet on I wasn't gonna ride it home but I was gonna you know leave it right around the parking lot. Went around the corner, came back, and promptly dropped it right there in the parking lot, man. And, like, I was, like, mortified. But the sales guy was cool. He helped me pick it up. I didn't damage anything too bad. It wasn't like a crash. It was just kind of more like, a little more like a tip over. It was like a, you know. A lay down, as they yeah, call it. Yeah, it was like a more of a, I had a, um, I believe I slipped on some oil. Well, that's the story I'm going to tell. Okay, it's my story. Okay. But, um, yeah, I did fall over. Um, and that was my first bike. But from that, um, I gained a very uh, love for motorcycles, especially Harleys. Um, and I did a lot to that bike that um, I probably shouldn't have done later on when I learned at MMI to not do stupid stuff like take the mufflers off and ride around. Um, I, I learned more about why you shouldn't do that and uh, kind of made it a career from there. So um, I ended up um, getting a, a job offer from a, one of the students that went there whose parents were opening a dealership. Um, I went to work for them for a few years and learned a lot, learned a lot from a lot of people, um, a lot about service departments, parts departments, dealership management, um, all kinds of stuff, wrenching, you name it. So I, I cut my teeth there, um, ended up coming here and made it a career. And it's been great working for your family, you know, for your grandpa and your, your, your uncles for the last 15 years and worked with pretty much all of your family members, all your cousins and everyone. And hopefully Sorry Matt will... <laughs> no, don't be sorry. It was, it's been a great experience, but hopefully Matt will, you know, share a little bit more about why, uh, why he chose to make this a career, uh, for himself when I know a lot of others, you know, in the family and stuff kind of, kind of took other paths, which is fine too. But, um, we're happy to have Matt here and it's been a great, you know, like Matt said, and, you know, we're, we're friends also, and it's been a great, uh, 
it's a great experience for me. And a lot of dealerships, you hear horror stories about how the de- departments don't, especially service and 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 uh, sales, because there's a lot of tension there. You know, if, if they don't get along, but uh, we enjoy a great you know working relationship, and we understand each other, and we're able to communicate very well, um, which which is always better for the dealership. But uh, yeah, it's it's really great. It's great working here, and and uh, I'm excited about it. And it's been a great career for me, and um, it's been a great choice. But yeah, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, basically the reason why I decided to, you know, kind of follow in the footsteps of my family members because, you know, anybody that I told uh, if I went into a different field, they would just think that I'm an idiot for not, you know, working (laughs) at the Harley-Davidson dealership because everybody everybody thinks it's a dream job, which it is. I'm very blessed. And so that's kind of me 50% joking. But, um, no, I I just – I love motorcycles. I love the machinery. I I really like – Rec, uh, let's see here, power sports industry stuff, you know, mm-hmm. recreational vehicle being out outdoors. I really like extreme sports. Not that Harleys are necessarily extreme sport, but just motorcycles in general, I really like a lot. And so, you know, after, you know, working here on and off, you know, for a long time, I, I really decided to, to get into the family business and, uh, you know, and, and it was, it was a good opportunity. Uh, it was hard for me to, to, to pass on it, you know? And so, yeah. yeah, I decided to go with it. But a couple other things that I really like about Keith too is, uh, you know, he, he's a veteran, served in the military, and also he, he like I, is an Eagle Scout. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, Keith uh, has a lot more experience from a leadership standpoint in the in the Boy Scouts of America. So Keith is one of these guys that is extremely resourceful. He's like a mini MacGyver or something <laughs> like that. Where, um, you know, we went on a trip recently uh, for the Battle of the Kings uh, competition. Some of you guys may have seen that on my YouTube channel, but we got the opportunity to go to Italy to the ICMA show, which yeah. is a huge show, by the way. I was just blown away by how big that thing is but when we were out there in Italy just you know navigating the train stations and you know the different languages and just you know the streets and the maps and just kind of getting around and just uh being you know able to to function in that that new environment you know Keith was just he was kind of like the guide he knew how to do this <laughs> he knew how to do that he knew what what money to put here what there and just kind of a lot of the cultures and stuff like that which I think he equates to you know, his experience he had overseas with military and whatnot and, and probably yeah, a little bit of that, but a lot of what we all learned, you know, and, and growing up in scouts is just, you know, how to, how to make things work and how to, you know, figure things out and do your best and, you know, and uh, just be resourceful, like you said. And um, I appreciate those, you know, comments. I, 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 I thank you very much, but yeah, it's uh just what we do, man. And yeah, it's, it's been a great experience. Scouting is great. I'm, you know, my son's on that path now and I'm a leader, uh, for, you know, well, I'm helping out with the troop. I led his Cub Scout pack for five years, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been another, just, you know, like a trail in life. That's been a good, good experience for me. And that's just been great. So, um, a couple of things we want to talk to you about as well as what you can expect from the podcast. So we have a lot of plans, actually, we plan yeah. on doing a lot of guest appearances. So some of those guest appearances, uh, uh, include people that have done real exceptional uh, builds that are really above and beyond, uh, you know, really involved projects where, you know, the yeah. bike gets stripped down to the frame basically. And so, you know, a project in the past we've done like that, to give you an example, would be like the Marco bike that we did. Uh, we shout out to Marco, by the way. He did the retro FXRT fairing on a Lowrider S. And some of you guys may have seen that video. So a lot of the, the big videos I do on really cool custom projects will have a a correlating podcast that kind of talk about the behind the scenes because so many people ask questions about parts and stuff and you know what the common problems were when we build a project like that and you know Keith is a man that is really hands-on and, and oversees you know overcoming those obstacles with fitment issues or whatever it may be so kind of a behind the scenes look at how yeah. we built the different bikes and then we're going to have you know the guy the customer that actually you know 
thought up the bike and had us uh, build it for him, you know, on the podcast here and kind of comment on what kind of influenced the different decisions on the bike. So that's going to be, you know, one segment. Yeah. Marco's bike was interesting building, you know, he had a lot of ideas of his own and um, we had our ideas about what we had experienced with the two coast guides we'd built previous previously. And, um, you know, hopefully he doesn't mind. I'm thinking I'm going to name his bike, the Marco glide. Cause it's just kind of his own, his own project. But, uh, yeah, he had come to me with some ideas, some things he wanted to integrate and, um, we were able to kind of make some adjustments and make things, you know, that he wanted to work, work. And, um, he showed me if he, he, you know, things like that stretch my imagination and stretch my abilities and expose me to things that I don't necessarily, you know, haven't done. I mean, I've been doing this for a while, but I haven't by no means know everything or pretend like that. So like, it's nice to know or like nice to see things that you don't normally get to see. And, and you know, we get to be involved with projects like that. And Marco had his own, his own style and things that he wanted to, to do that, that helps me innovate and you know be more creative in my own mind of you know what's possible with these bikes and you know that's really you know for me that's what that's what this is all about you know kind of sharing our passion for motorcycles and you know like-minded individuals that, that want to ride and innovate and, and you know build cool bikes and ride them and share our enthusiasm for the you know motorcycling and harley davidson specifically um yeah and hopefully share some information that'll help some people along the way and inspire you know inspire some people to do some stuff that they they've been thinking about or you know, it's a little scared to try or whatever and maybe show them how to do it or get it done or you know, lead them in the right path. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's what we can bring. And, you know, I'm excited about Marco and more excited, you know, really excited about having your grandpa. And that's going to be, that's one that I'm super, you know, excited about Bob. If you haven't met him, you know, uh, Matt's grandpa who founded the dealership is, uh, he's not just the greatest person in the world, but uh, he is a, he is an amazing storyteller. And, uh, I know he's told me quite a few stories over the years that I've thoroughly enjoyed sitting for hours listening to, um, how this all came about. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in addition to the, the builds and the custom builds that we do and giving you behind the scenes, look there, we're going to have guest speakers here, like my grandfather, he'll probably be one of the first guys that we have do a, a guest appearance on the podcast here. Uh, and like Keith mentioned, yeah, Bob Laidlaw started the dealership in 1958, and he basically started with absolutely nothing. You know, he was kind of the epitome of the American dream, where he you know grew up in the Depression, dirt poor, and how he kind of built the dealership up to to what it is today. You know, one of one of the most widely known dealerships in the world, I would say, and so mm-hmm. definitely one of the earliest and the and the oldest in Southern California. Yeah, so. there's actually not like many. There's a, was it. I can't remember the year exactly, but um, a few years back we had the 50th anniversary, which we actually won the Gold Barn Shield Award that year and the 50th uh, longevity, 50 year longevity award with Harley. And I was remarking at the time they have a stat or a uh, trophy at the dealer shows that shows all the longevity award winners and there how very few there were that were um, 50 years or more. There's a few that were 75 at the time, um, and I think there's maybe a few more now, but. Um, yeah, the, it's a big achievement, like to have a dealership in one single family's ownership for that many, you know, 50 years is that's, that's an accomplishment. And just, the the eras that he, you know, that he managed and owned the dealership through, through the AMF days and the seventies and, you know, the eighties, all of it. I mean, it's just, he has so many great stories about Harley Davidson's leadership back then and how they used to do business and, you know, how he founded this and all this stuff. I, I can't wait for him to share some of that stuff. And that's probably going to be more of like a two or three episode situation. Yeah, yeah so. we'll have to have him on in multiple episodes because, yeah, some of the stories like Keith was mentioning, like the way he used to do business back in the day was 
I mean, crazy. Like, I mean, he, he would loan people money on a handshake, you know, back before there was Harley Davidson financial. And so, you know, and he had to do like his own repos in, in some situations, but yeah. Um, yeah, just the way that he took care of business, like the old school way, just man to man was just unbelievable. And anybody who's ever met him, it just, you know, loves the guy. He's just, he's just the nicest guy in the world. Um, and he's a great storyteller too. Like, like Keith mentioned, just because he's, he's kind of politically incorrect. He's old school like that. And he makes no apologies about it. And just to listen to him is, is, is awesome. So yeah. Yeah, we'll probably have him on in the next two or three episodes. Um, and we'll probably have him here and there, you know, talked about, talk about, you know, the old days too. And it's really cool to talk to uh, Bob about, you know, the leadership interaction he had mm-hmm. with like the motor company guys, like guys like the Davidson family, Willie G Davidson. He had a personal relationship with him still does actually to this day. And so just, you know, him going to Milwaukee to place the orders before there was the internet and just things like that is really interesting to hear him talk about and how he was, you know, kind of a guy that was well known um, by the guys, the executives and everything back at uh, the motor company in Milwaukee. And to hear him talk about that, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, he has an amazing story about the ordering the first K models, which you got to remind me when he's here to ask him about. But, and then, yeah, and him, him and your uncle Brent too told me a story about him traveling to Milwaukee one time that was hilarious. Like we have to have them share that stuff, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's gonna, that's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to that. Cause I really so enjoy his, you know, just his demeanor and the way he talks and he's straight up and like no apologies. And, but he does tell amazing stories. Like he's, he's got a gift for it. Yeah. He's, he's good at it. So in, in addition to Bob, you know, we plan on having other, uh, industry like leaders and professionals in the aftermarket world or other dealerships or whatever. So, you know, over the years that we've, as we've built bikes and just kind of been in this business, we've built relationships with a lot of these guys that are real influential in the industry. You know, maybe there are guys that have started aftermarket businesses, build parts, maybe they're custom builders, maybe they're guys that have been to the rallies, whatever it may be. We're going to have these, these types of guests on the show here and really pick their brain about how they started and, you know, what they're all about and, and talk about what they do. Just kind of give you guys some different insights into, you know, some of these guys that we deal with. Yeah, these guys, they have amazing backstories, a lot of them. Like, you know, I talked to a lot of these guys, and they're, uh, they're it all starts with the passion. They all have a common thread. They have a passion for motorcycle. And most of them started, like, seems like, you know, they started building a part for their own use, and then they realized that it was cool and uh, had a, other people thought it was useful too. So then they started making them for their friends and then it turned into a business and it kind of like, it's a, it's a really a kind of an American story and all, all of in itself, you know, of like how to innovate and how to turn something that you lo- really love into something, you know, that can support your life or whatever. But, and you know, they all have their own path about it and their own way about it, but um, they all have, they're really good guys. And they, this, you know, I'm excited about that. And, you know, spreading some of their enthusiasm and and uh they're sharing their stories and you know kind of like we're in a great place for that because you know southern california is where a lot of the innovation starts and kind of spreads out i mean you know i'm not i don't we don't invent invent everything you know by any means and you know we don't we don't do everything that everybody does but yeah we we definitely have uh we're spoiled in the respect that we have a lot of manufacturers and a lot of you know cool industry people in just in our local area um that that have been in this industry and have a lot of experience and you know better yet they like to they love to ride and like the area around here is beautiful for riding and you know a lot of them have a lot of stories but yeah i'm excited for some of get some of those people on that we, we hope to get um and have them share their their experience and talk about what they do and how they came to to where they're at you know so it's cool 
Yeah, another kind of goal of mine as well uh, on this podcast is to kind of reduce the idle chatter. Um, I, I obviously I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts and you know I'm on forums and things like that a lot. And you know I really want to communicate for good, precise information to you guys. One of the main comments I get on my YouTube channel is people really like coming away from a video and having learned something that can benefit them in their writing. Uh, everyday writing uh, lifestyle. And so I want this to be a really good informational channel, not only to be you know, entertaining, but also to, for you guys to get some good stuff, you know, from, you know, I listen to a lot of these podcasts and, and, you know, obviously this isn't me taking a shot of their podcasts. You know, I, I just feel like a lot of times there's a lot of idle chatter that you have to get through to kind of get the, the informational nuggets. Um, and so I, I hope to really reduce that and just really get you guys good information and, you know, make this a, a well-produced uh, podcast, have, have a high production level. And, you know, in the, in the, the vein or the spirit of, of giving you guys information, we wanted to start off, too, with our first tech talk. And really what we wanted to do with the tech talk is, you know, have Keith comment on, you know, there's a lot of commonly asked questions surrounding, you know, things like tires, battery, uh, you know, warranty uh, comments, exhaust issues, tuning issues. Yeah. There's just a lot of commonly asked, you know, questions uh, around certain topics. So the topic we wanted to do today and the tech talk we wanted to do today was uh, all about tires. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like Matt said, we're gonna hopefully, you know, we are going to, you know, have like a tech talk uh, uh, section of the podcast, probably keep it at the end or, you know, we can move it around. But um, we also want to invite you to send in your questions um, and topics if you want to hear about something um, or want to know more about something or you have a particular question, um, get at us, you know, get on, get hit up Matt in the comment section of the YouTube video or send us, shoot us an email, uh, call us, you know, whatever. We're pretty accessible people. Email us, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I figured I'd start talking about tires first because it's a, it's a one question we get or one issue that we – um, encounter quite a bit in, in my, in my world. Um, um, and I like to start off with like, you know, 90, I would say 90% a solid number of, uh, the vehicles that we come in contact with or the customer has a handling problem, like a wobble or doesn't, you know, steer right, or, you know, it veers to one side or the other. So anything handling wise, 90% of them are tire pressure related. Um, and you know, good tire pressure, I like to, should lead with that is, uh, 36 in the front and 40 in the back. Owner's manuals vary depending on the make and model of the bike and the tire, but 36 to 40 won't get you in trouble. That's my standard answer when anyone asks me, you know, what tire pressure should I be running? Um, and like I said, like we, you know, first thing I'll do is when someone comes in complaining of a wobble or, you know, some kind of issue with the handling is I'll go take my tire pressure checker and check their tire pressure. And I would bet you nine times out of 10, it's low, at least five to 10 pounds. Um, so I, and, uh, there is a graphic out there and I think I can probably find it for Matt to put in the video, but, um, there's a, there was a study done, I think it was done by Metzler tires. Um, and they, uh, did a, a presentation on each, uh, PSI lower of tire pressure, how much uh, more heat that produces inside the tire. So if you follow that example, you know, you look at that graph, it's, you know, it's ambient temperature. I think they did it like 80 degrees, but around here it gets hot, much hotter than 80 degrees, 100 plus sometimes. That's, you know, say the ambient temperature is 100, the pavement temperature is probably 120, 130, something like that. Um, and then you start diminishing your tire pressure and the heat in the tire starts to increase from that. Um, you quickly get to a point where you're, you can actually get to the melting point of rubber. Um, and that's a scary proposition. 
Um, so, you know, you, you now you're melting the tire rubber on your tires and you get all, you know, crazy squirrely and I probably don't need to explain what happens next, but, um, it's my point there is to emphasize the importance of tire pressure. That's why I thought it was most important. Um, yeah, for sure. Be checking it and, you know, not only check yours, but check your buddies too, man. Like if you're going on a ride or whatever, you know, the last thing you want is a guy in front of you, you know, going on a long hundred mile trip or whatever, you know, at whatever speed you're riding at. And, you know, have a tire failure, dude. That's that's a bad deal. That's a bad day. That, that'll ruin a ride real quick. Yeah, and the other thing that I think people are surprised about that are new to the motorcycle world is how long they can expect to get out of a tire. You know, I have a lot of people coming in and saying, wow, yeah. they're telling me in the service department that I, I've only had, you know, between nine and 10,000 miles on my tire and I need a new one already. FYI, guys, car tires are going to last a lot longer than motorcycle yeah. tires because it's a softer compound. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because that one comes up quite a bit. Like, it. Um, it's, it's, you know, I like to tell people you can expect, you know, between 10 and 12,000 miles out of your tires normally. And that's considering my first point, which was if you're, if you're uh, taking care of the tire pressure properly, um, there's a lot of factors involved there, like pressure, um, load, are you riding two up? Are you riding with gear? How heavy are you on the throttle? You know, or do you, you know, take off obviously burnouts considerably diminish the life of a tire, but, um, yeah. yeah. 10,000 to 12,000 miles on, especially like on a touring bike or whatever, some of the heavier platforms. Um, that's about what you should be, you know, expecting to get out of your tires. And, um, that's a shock to some people like Matt was just saying, but there, there's a lot to technically to it. You know, you have a, a smaller tire with a smaller contact area with a lot of pressure per square inch on it. Um, where in a car you have that load spread out, it's much heavier vehicle, but it's spread out amongst four tires, which are mu- with a much larger footprint. Um, there's more traction to be had there. Um, so it's, it's a, there's a lot more going on there, but uh, that's in the best way I can put it is, you know, tire pressure, you know, you're going to get what you get as far as like where it goes, depending on how you ride. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a big, that's a big one. The other one is, is tire wear. Um, this is a, you know, one that we talk about a lot. So like, a a, a proper, you know, or a recommendation, Industry-wide for tire wear is uh, a tire that's at 3.30 seconds or less, or 3.30 seconds is basically replacement time. Anything below that's completely worn. Um, The reason for that is that after 3.30 seconds, the tire tread can no longer move uh, water that may be in the road surface out of the way of the traction part of the tire. So it no longer functions like it was designed and, you know, it doesn't work you're on a, you're on a like slip and slide, basically, yeah. yeah. And you're below 330 seconds. Yeah, correct. Every tire, including hard, uh, motorcycle tires and um, and uh, car tires, street tires anyways, have uh, what we call tread wear indicators on them. Now, they're normally indicated on the sidewall of the tire. Um, it'll say like TWI, acronym for tread wear indicator. Or it'll have a little, like Harley tire, the Dunlop one has a, uh, a triangle on it. Um, if you follow that marking across, it's normally several places around the tire. You don't have to try hard to find it. There's, I don't know how many is on the circumference of a normal tire, but it's quite a few. You follow that across and in the tread where the treads, you know, the shallowest, like in the, in the de- depth of the tread, there's a, there's a raised portion, like a bar. Now, once that bar is connected across the tread, that tire is worn out. It's at, at or below that 330 seconds mark, and it's, it's time to for sure replace it. Um, caveat there, you know, like if you do have a tire and wheel warranty, which um, it's not a bad idea to have. There's no, Harley has no road hazard warranty built into their standard warranty. If you 
drive out of here and get a nail in your tire, there, there's no warranty coverage for that um, unless you have a tire and wheel coverage. So um, I say that because people do get surprised sometimes. They do have tire and wheel, and they know. They come in expecting their tire to be replaced, but it's below 430 seconds, which is what the warranty policies state is the you know a, a completely used tire. The theory behind that is that you've gotten the life of the tire out of it, and they they no longer have a um, you know a responsibility to replace a tire that you've worn completely through. So so if you're at three thirty seconds or below, you know chances are you've gotten eight, yeah eight to eleven thousand miles out of that tire, and you've you've got your your money's worth quote yeah. unquote out of that tire. So yeah, that so that that's one thing I like to to mention just because it's uh it surprises some people because they. They think tire and wheel means they get tires and replaced just for whatever reason forever, but that's not how it re- they really work, you know. And uh, on those two, you know, they had the added benefit is it, it is what it says it is tire and wheel coverage. So if you go out and hit a pothole, they're gonna not only cover the tire if it bends the rim, they're gonna pay for the wheel too. Um, that's that's a big benefit of those, and I've seen my fair share of those. I mean, I around here especially, you know, at times the road Caltrans does what they can, but the roads are pretty beat up especially after a rain or whatever they they got there's some pretty decent size uh holes you can hide some uh small vehicles in <laughs> they're not they're not <laughs> kind to uh they're not kind to motorcycle rims for sure um so yeah like that's that's a big that's a big one out there uh, tire and wheel coverage is is important um for you know for that um and you know we can talk about however deep you want to go on the tire subject, you know, there's a whole discussion about nitrogen fill and additives and stuff like that. And um, everybody has their own opinion, you know, depending on what they're trying to sell about the additives and stuff. But I will tell you that um, I do know that nitrogen works. Um, We use what they call a nitrogen concentrator here. Um, There are machines out there that'll take a nitrogen bottle and fill your tire faster. But um, we use a nitrogen concentrator because it's a renewable resource. It, It basically the ambient air is, you know, 70 to 80. I can't remember what the number is, but I think it's above 80% nitrogen already. Um, so what we have is a, an, a machine that concentrates that nitrogen. It releases the oxygen back out of it and and concentrates the nitrogen inside of the chamber that puts it in the tire. Now, the reason nitrogen is important or of discussion is um, the reason it works is the molecules of nitrogen are actually larger than oxygen molecules. Um, so... The benefit there is they don't. There's less of them in the tire, so there's less expansion with heat. Um, it keeps the tire pressure or the tire uh, temperature and the pressure more constant um, because there's not that expansion or growth with heat. Um, as well as their the molecules are larger, so the reason a, um, a tire loses loses pressure when it's just sitting in your garage or you know you're not using it is the oxygen molecules are actually smaller and small enough to escape through the you know membrane the rubber of the tire in between the rubber molecules. So over time, I mean, it doesn't happen fast, but, you know, anyone that's let a bike sit for any period of time, you come out to find your tires suddenly flat, you know, after it's been sitting for a few months. That's why. Now, with with nitrogen, it the molecules don't escape as fast or if at all. Like, depending on what the concentration of nitrogen is, like 95 to 100%, um, you're going to get very little loss over time. Now, how that started, you know, was like with airplanes and stuff, which remind me when your grandpa comes in talk about his, uh, his aviation experience. It's, he's got a lot of great stories there, but I'm yeah. connected to that in one way, not to sidebar too far, but my dad was a, was an airplane pro- pro- uh, propeller mechanic. Um, and your grandpa and I have talked about that before, but yeah, Ryan didn't ask him about that, but, um, that started out with, with the air, aircraft tires. So they would, you know, they found out that this would work and they, 
didn't, you know, obviously not a fun experience to, if you've ever seen an airplane tire, they're quite large. They hold a lot of volume of air. They take a lot of time to pump up. So, um, you you know, the long, the they discovered that it would stay in there longer, so they started using it. And then the race car teams took it on um, to better control the, the heat of the tire to better predict the traction for racing purposes and stuff like that. Now, on the street, you know, the main, uh, the main benefit is just the lack of tire pressure loss and then the constant, um, the constant of the tire temperature staying more constant due to the, the, the way nitrogen works as well as the, you know, constant tire pressure. So, um, that's a good, you know, thing to note. And, you know, you guys have to let us know if you want to talk about tire additives and stuff like that. I have my own views on it, but, um, we can talk about that, but that's a kind of a deeper conversation that people have definite feelings about one way or the other, as well as oil is a big one. I mean, oil is a big conversation that, you know, everybody has their own opinion on. I can only tell you, I'll tell you in a future one about my own experience and why my opinion is based the way it is. But, um, yeah, for yeah. sure. That's a, something, you know, and if you guys want, like I said, you want to hear about something, you know, send it, let's hear it. You know, we're here to kind of, you know, hopefully, educate and help everybody you know enjoy the motorcycling culture and the fun that is motorcycling you know uh, a little bit more um, with each you know time and kind of educate and share our own viewpoints and also listen to others viewpoints you know like you got a, a, an opinion about something you know let's discuss it man let's talk about it but um yeah yeah let us know in the comment section below like i mentioned we're going to post this to youtube first and i'm going to have a podcast set up here so you can you know, check out the podcast in, in every way that you typically listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts and things like that. But in the comment section below, let us know what topics you want us to talk about with Tech Talk. And um, yeah, we'll, Keith will get on those and if need be, do a little research or whatever to kind of give you guys the most comprehensive answer. But yeah, you know, just to wrap up, just a couple things yeah. to look forward to. You know, we've got Bob coming in. He's going to talk to us about the good old days of, of Harley-Davidson now, how he came up uh, in the world of, of Harley-Davidson dealer, as a dealership. And we're also going to be highlighting some builds here. We're working on one right now, a good customer and friend of mine, Brian, who is building a, a performance bagger road glide. Performance baggers, by the way, is one of those trends that, you know, Keith was kind of uh, touching on earlier uh, that we really try to try to be a part of, like right at their inception. Whenever we see something hot really catching steam in the aftermarket worlds or with custom builders, we try to, you know, grasp that and learn as much as we can about building that type of bike. And so we've kind of immersed ourselves in several of those builds. Brian's yeah. is going to be probably the, the most involved build that we do. Um, yeah, it's a he's it's a process, man. He you know we talk Brian and I talk on by Instagram or what's up, Brian? I know you're listening um, by Instagram or by text message or he'll call me or just pop by and yeah, it's going to be a big one, man. I'm excited about that one too. It's it's a lot of uh, different. We're in, integrating a lot of stuff that Brian wants to integrate and he's seen and I'm putting my sprinkle on it and kind of saying, well, what about this? What about that? Hey, but did you think about this? Do you think about that? And, um, yeah, we're kind of like coming together. We're, we're in the early phases of it. We kind of got the bike torn down right now and we're waiting on some parts, which, you know, we we're in the middle of just for a timestamp purposes. We're in the middle of this, uh, coronavirus, uh, lockdown situation that's going on and parts flows a little bit slow, especially specialty parts like that. But, um, a lot of those little smaller companies are, doing their best, man. And, uh, you know, shout out to you guys that are out there struggling and trying to get through it. We'll, we'll get through it together and be on the other side of it. But yeah, it's a little bit slow right now. Uh, I think this build's going to take a month or so. Um, you know, just with everything that's involved and kind of waiting on parts and we got some things that we need to, uh, to do and innovate. And there's some things that Brian was just here yesterday, you know, and some items that we talked about, he's back on talking about and, 
paint and stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be cool, man. But yeah, the finished product, I think it's gonna be awesome, high quality, yeah. rideable build. You know, that's that's what we're into. You know, building rideable, cool looking and functional. Better yet, f- the best function, you know, motorcycles that are gonna be fun to ride and and uh, go go some put some turn some miles on and yeah, that that's gonna be cool. And in the bagger, you know, world too, like performance bagger. I mean. If you hadn't heard, I know they postponed it, and I didn't hear the date, but, you know, their uh, AMA Racing's doing a, um, a bagger race up in Laguna Seca. They got some builders like Alloy Art and... Uh, we'll have them on. Yeah, these guys, sure. a lot of these guys out there, they're really great minds that have, you know, a lot of cool ideas that are building these, like, really cool, lightweight, fast motorcycles to go race around Laguna Seca, ridden by professional riders, so... Um, yeah, that's, I'm excited about that. That's going to bring on a whole new, like facet to this whole thing. You, you already see it, you know, like the emergence of like the performance swing arm and things like that, that are, there were a few of them around, but there, there's a bunch more that are being made as we speak. Um, and a lot of other cool products like that. So, um, that's going to be a, that's going to be a big topic, but yeah, Brian's bike is going to be, it's been a lot of fun for me already. It's going to be a lot more fun just to you know, see it come together and document it all and, you know, collaborate with him and, you know, get it all into a usable form. It's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So I'll be looking for that video and, and the podcast too is going to be kind of a behind the scenes, you know, and, you know, a lot of questions I get uh, in the YouTube channel are questions about fitment and, and the technical side. And so, you know, this will be kind of a behind the scenes and we'll, we'll talk to Brian as well about, you know, the kind of the inspiration behind the build. And so, yeah, this podcast is going to take you know, a bunch of different shapes, you know, everything from, you know, tech talk to interview of industry professionals and talking to real customers of ours that, you know, we have the pleasure of, of earning their business and building their bikes for them. So anyways, guys, really appreciate you tuning into this first episode of the Laid Lost Harley Davidson podcast. Again, we're kind of in the, in the process of, of a working title. We're thinking a SoCal Moto experience. Let us know what you think of that. And um, yeah, let us know in the comment section below for what sure. topics you want us to cover as far as tech talk. And you know, let us know what you think about the podcast and moving forward. And if, if you guys think this is a, a good a supplement to the YouTube channel, and uh, let me know what you think of uh, Keith you know, jumping on board as well. I'm yeah. sure you guys are all going to love it because <laughs> you know a lot of the YouTube channels out there are all about tech stuff, and that's something that you know I haven't really been involved with because you know one of the things at the dealership that I've never done is an actual technician. You know, I've uh, you luckily, know, I, luckily I, for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> luckily for Keith, I mean, he's never had to deal with me in the back trying to wrench on bikes, yeah. but. Yeah, anything from very simple stuff, you know, I just, I, I've never had that, the hands-on experience. And so it's, it's nice to be able to fulfill that, that void that we've had over the years. So anyways, guys, thanks a lot for uh, tuning in and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. See ya.